Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Adrian Ross Show. I'm glad you're tuned in. If you're watching on YouTube at The Adrian Ross Show, welcome. If you're watching at my Substack, adrianross.substack.com, welcome. And if you're listening at the bmgnetwork.com or listening on a major podcast platform, I am just glad you're tuned in. And I want to jump into the conversation we're having today. Today is a little different because I'm actually going to be reading some things. I don't usually do that, but what I'm reading is really important to the conversation. Okay. So we're going to talk today about purpose. Purpose. Yes. If you know me, you know that I wrote a book in, in 2017. It's called Push Your Way to Purpose How to Get from Where You Are to Where You're Meant to Be. Push your way to purpose. And, and you, if you know me, you also know that purpose is a topic that I used to say a lot that it has consumed me. I used to say that it's consumed me. And what I mean by that, it's, it's just something that intrigues me. And, and so I wrote a book about purpose, right? But I also taught English language arts for nearly two decades in upstate New York, seventh grade English language arts. And very often the school year started with a unit called the identity unit. And so we would read literature through the lens of identity and we would talk about identity. And I would do this activity and I'm not going to get into the activity, but part of the activity included me asking the students this question. How many of you have ever wondered what your purpose is in life? And, you know, it was seventh grade, like I said. So we're talking about kids who are 12 years old, some even 11 years old. And I asked that question of people who haven't been on the planet very long. How many of you ever thought about what your purpose is, wondered what your purpose is? And I'm telling you, Almost every hand, if not every hand, would go up. And this was over many years of asking that question, that even at that tender age, you're already wondering, what is my purpose? Okay, so that's so important. But what's also important is this, because most of you listening right now or watching right now are not 11 and 12 years old. You're much older than that, probably. And yet, You'd think that, well, when you get past that seventh grade age or, or high school or even college, you're not really thinking about your purpose anymore. You're pretty much settled into your purpose. Uh, no, you'd be surprised how many people would still tell you they are wondering, what is my purpose? And I know that because I've written a book. I've done workshops based on my book called Push Your Way to Purpose Workshops. So I've heard people who say that. They don't know their purpose or they want to know their purpose or they need confirmation of their purpose. It's a topic that that I had said consume me and for good reason, because it's a topic that's deep and that's long lasting. And that many people are mulling over. So today I want to talk about purpose. So here's the deal. I want to say first and foremost that we all have the same purpose, the same big picture purpose. What I mean by that is we are created by God for the purpose of worshiping him, for the purpose of fellowship with him, for the purpose of bringing him honor and glory. That is everybody's purpose. 
to honor God, to worship God, to give him back the life he's given us and to use that life for his honor and glory. So if you're one of those people who is saying, I have no idea what my purpose is. And even after I'm done with this episode, if you're still feeling like, I don't know what my purpose is, understand this, you have a purpose and that purpose is to worship God, to give your life to God. So nobody should be able to say, I'm completely lost. Because if you start with that foundation, that truth, that you are here to worship and honor God, then you're in good shape because then everything else will flow from that. So I want to say that first. I know that our ultimate purpose is to worship, to honor God. Okay, what I'm talking about today is the offshoot of that. Now that we have that at the top, okay, what about other aspects of my purpose? Because that honoring God looks different for different people, right? We what that we know what does that boil down to? It looks different for different people, and I want to talk today about what. That might look like, meaning how do you know beyond worshiping and honor, honoring God, how do you know what your purpose is in life? The 11-year-old, uh, the 12-year-old is thinking about it, and maybe you're 70 and you're still thinking about it. So let's talk about it. Okay, let's talk about it. And so this came to my mind again this past week because I was listening to an interview that the former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani, did with the former governor of Alaska, the former vice presidential nominee, Sarah Palin. And in this interview, she began to talk about really what boils down to purpose, what boils down to being active in the world. And she talked about how important it is to understand that we do have a purpose and it's important that we're walking out that purpose. So take a listen to what she said. You know, I know that God has um, created within each of us great purpose. So he gives us these interests and these passions and they're, they're not to tease or frustrate us. God gives us those as direction in our lives where we're supposed to be headed so that we can be positive influence for others. So, um, you know, God expects all of us to do our own part. And, yeah, like you're suggesting, God doesn't drive parked cars. He expects us to take some action and seek his will and then do his will. And then, uh, in the end, things work out. Okay, so I was really stirred up by that. And it reminded me of of her book, her one of her books. One of her books is called Going Rogue. Going Rogue, an American Life. I don't know if you've read it, but I highly recommend it. And I have a favorite part of this book. You see all these little stickies on here, right? But there's one of these stickies. I don't know if the camera picks it up, but it says fave part, because this is absolutely my favorite part of this book. And it totally lines up with what she said to uh, Rudy Giuliani. And this book is several years old now. It was uh, 2009, right? And so she shares what you just what you just heard, but it took me back. My mind went right back to this favorite part of this book. And I told you I was going to be reading some to you. Listen to what she writes here in Going Rogue. She says, 
I thought of the graduation speeches I had been honored to give over the years as mayor and began to apply their message to myself. I often told the kids to ask themselves, what gets you excited to wake up in the morning? Is it science, art, children, animals, books, sports, mechanics? What is the desire of your heart? I'd add, God put those in you not to tease or frustrate you. He created them in you to give you direction, to put you on the right path. He bridles your passion. So stop and think about what you love to do. Then look for signposts along the way that confirm you're on the right path to doing that. Doors opening, people with your best interest at heart, supporting what you're doing. And so basically she's saying in Going Rogue, what is your passion? You know, what fires you up? And notice that she didn't just say, as many Christians think, that it's just about standing behind a pulpit and speaking to the masses, although that is absolutely important. And that happens to be part of my purpose, you know, but everybody's purpose doesn't look like that, but that doesn't mean they're not doing God's work, right? So to know what your passion is, like she said, what is it to know what your purpose is? She says, what is it that gets you going? What is it that fires you up in the morning? That is a huge clue. And then look for signposts along the way. And sometimes that looks like other people who come along and they're encouraging you and what your passion is. And so I, you know, I got stirred up with that because what she was saying to Rudy Giuliani is in essence, the same thing that she has said all those years ago. And it's the same thing that we need to hear today. And in fact, when I wrote my book, and this is what I want to get into today, when I wrote Push Your Way to Purpose, I gave three ways to know what your purpose is in a chapter called Discover Your purpose. So if you are wondering about your purpose, or if you just want some confirmation about what you've been thinking about purpose, I want you to stay tuned in to this conversation today, because I'm going to share with you, I'm not going to read through all of the, um, all of those parts of the book that I, that I want to share. I'm going to talk about this, but I am going to read some parts because there are three things that I highlight in that chapter, discover your purpose that tells you how to discover your purpose. And some of it is very, very familiar, I'm sure, if you just listen to what I just said that Sarah Palin wrote and also what you heard her say. So let's talk about the first thing, which kind of piggybacks off what she said. So you, you're saying to me, whether you're 12 years old, 15 years old, 30, 70, 80, whatever, and you're like, you're like well, what's my purpose? And it's so important that we, we, we get a hold of that, okay, of what our purpose is. First thing I wrote in Discovery Your Purpose chapter is this, what do you love? And again, that's basically what she's saying there in that passage. But I said, listen, what do you love? And I'm going to read to you some of, uh, some of what I wrote. It says, what do you love? The thing that makes you the happiest can be the number one clue to your purpose, I wrote. That sounds too good to be true, right? I mean, 
if I love it that much, it should be my hobby. The thing I do, if I can find the time to squeeze it in. Why do you think like that? Why do we embrace the crazy idea that if we love it too much, it's too good to be true? Imagine a basketball legend Michael Jordan thought like that or diary of a wimpy kid author Jeff Kinney thought like that. We would be without things we love because they brushed off the things they loved or relegated them to mere hobbies rather than their professions, their investment into society. Instead, they turned their passions into professions. It was their purpose. That thing that nudges you, that you daydream about, that you practice and study, sometimes the thing that gets you in trouble because you're doing that instead of doing what you're supposed to be doing, like homework or cleaning the garage, yeah, that thing may be your purpose. You love it, can't imagine life without it, and want to be around others who appreciate it. Now, that doesn't mean everything you love is what you spend your life doing. We all met people who love to do stuff the rest of us know they don't do well. They may not even know they don't do it well until they repeatedly get denied the job, don't qualify for the talent show, or fall off the balance beam. Sure, not everything we enjoy is our purpose. But when considering our purpose, we must not fail to consider our passion. So I would say to you right now, okay, think about what I wrote there. Take out a piece of paper, take out a pen. What are you passionate about? Maybe that's the clue, you know? And again, not every passion is the purpose. You know, some passions are hobbies, you know? And there are some people who want to sing and they just can't sing, okay? And somebody will eventually be bold enough to let them know. Life will let them know, okay? But sometimes that passion is, is it's deep, right? It's deep. And it's because you've been called to that. You've been called to that. And you can use that passion to do the ultimate purpose, which is to honor God. You know, if you love to teach, you know, God will use that, not just in the pulpit necessarily, not just in Sunday school necessarily, although use that, use that passion to, to pour into kids in Sunday school. Absolutely. But God can put you in the school district, which is in serious need of some people to do the right thing. What about that? God can use that. That could be your purpose. Again, like I said, I taught for nearly two decades in the public school, in upstate New York, seventh graders. And I know without a doubt that I was called to do that. But I also knew that God was going to use that teaching passion. He was going to move me into another direction in which I was still using that same passion because it was his purpose. So for a season, the purpose manifested in the classroom, but the purpose didn't go away when I felt to leave the classroom. I'm still teaching. It just looks different. It's still part of the purpose of my life. So I got to ask you, did something come to your mind when I said, what are you passionate about? This part of the book, this part of the chapter, Discover Your Purpose, is called What Do You Love? So that's one way to determine your purpose. What do you love? Now, the second way to determine your purpose, some of you are going to go, huh? 
because this part of that chapter is called, what do you hate? And you're like, okay, wait a minute. Now the, what do you love makes sense. What I love being a part of my purpose makes sense. How in the world can the thing that I hate be a clue to my purpose? I hate it. Exactly. So let me read this part of my book. It says, what do you hate? It may seem logical to consider what you love when weighing purpose, but what you hate? Yes, hate. You ever find yourself enraged about issues, problems, and injustices that make you sick to your stomach, on the verge of upchucking, or even close to telling folks off? But you look around and see that you're the only person with that response. Everyone else is going on about their business, seemingly oblivious or unfeeling. You don't get it and it ticks you off. Why can't everyone else see what you see or feel what you feel? Many of us have experienced this. So let's assess. One mistake you may make in a situation like this is concluding that you're overreacting, that whatever it is that raises your blood pressure every time you witness it or think about it is not really a big deal. I mean, if it were something to be up in arms about, everybody would be up in arms with it, right? Instead, it has you up at night while others are sleeping soundly. How does that work? Here's the deal. Others may not react to something you feel strongly about, as obvious as the injustice is, for a very good reason. They're not called to it. We don't all have the same assignment. So we must avoid judging people by our assignment. Your assignment will cause something to rise up within you, a righteous indignation, if you will, at things others don't even notice. What do you despise? You know, I went through something in my life at one point and it was like, I was so ticked off about it. I mean, I was bitter. I was, I don't even get into all of what it was, but I was so bitter. And I'm like, you know, why are people ignoring this? And I was livid often and nobody else seemed to care about it. And, and certainly not to the extent that I was. And I had someone say to me one time, you know, Adrian, maybe that thing is gripping you like that because you're the one who's supposed to change it. A lot of times we find ourselves in situations, whether it's at work, whether it's in community involvement and in the church, where people just pack their bags, grab their stuff, and they're out the door because I can't believe nothing is being done about this. And I can't believe people are doing this. And, and you know, I don't believe that they're not seeing to my need about this. You know what? nobody else seems to be drawn to doing anything about it, maybe because you're the one who's supposed to be doing something about it. And that's why it's affecting you that way. See, it changes things when we recognize that we have something to do with the thing that's annoying the snot out of us. That maybe that's what we're called to change. But it's easier to just run, like we're running away from the thing that we hate. Well, you know what, somewhere down the, down the road, you're probably gonna run into a similar situation. So why not say, you know what, 
I'm going to see what I can do to turn this thing around. So the thing that you absolutely hate could be just as much an indication of what your purpose is as the thing that you absolutely love. So what came to your mind when I said, what do you hate? Write that down. What do you hate? Helps you figure out your purpose. And the last thing that I talk about in this part of my book in Discover Your Purpose chapter is what are other people saying about you? It's called, what do others say about you? What are they saying about you? Because it's important that you listen to what has been spoken concerning you. And as we say, over you, over your life, that's a clue to who you're called to be, to what your purpose is. And so I wrote words from people who have our best interest in mind, however, may be a clue to our purpose. What are others saying about you? From my childhood on up, I heard people say that there was something special about me. I still hear it. I don't say this to brag. I'm just sharing my experiences. As a student, as much of a pain in the neck as I was with my incessant silliness and talking, teachers always told my aunt that I was gifted. In Sunday school and church, my oratorical skills garnered attention. In high school, teachers praised my writing. As a senior taking a creative writing elective, I enjoyed hearing my teachers share my stories with the class and inspired me to want to improve, to be even better than she said I was. To this day, I do not doubt I have a gift for writing. As a teacher, when my students wrote in class, I often wrote with them and shared my writing as they shared theirs so I could model good writing for them. They would tell me I was a good writer and, and ask why I hadn't written a book. It confirmed for me what I knew. It gave me more clues to my purpose. So today, I may struggle with my appearance, my cooking ability, even my skills as a driver, but I never struggle with believing I can write well. And I go on to talk about, even as, as an adult, things that I've heard people say, and I hear people say about me, and it didn't matter where I went. It was, it wasn't long uh, with certain things. It wasn't long. If I, if I moved, relocated, and I'm at a different church, it didn't matter. People recognized certain things about me, which really was my purpose. And I would hear them talk about that. So what are you hearing people say? about you. A lot of times what happens is somebody is speaking over us and we just kind of poo-poo it. Oh, you know, we don't, you know, we know it's nothing. Oh, it's not. Maybe, really? I know people who can cook well, bake. And so, you know what? They, they hear people say, oh my goodness, that is so delicious. And, you know, enough people start saying it and you're like, you know what? Maybe I do have something going on here. Maybe I can use this for something. For some, it's starting a business. You know, my friends, I interviewed them for the Adrian Ross show a few weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> they've been married for, in December, it'll be 60 years. After they retired from their professions, they opened up, you know, Harold and Mary's Cakes and Brownies. I'm giving them that plug because it's that good. But I know that they love to bake. They were already loving to bake and people were always raving about what they baked. I was one of them. 
And then at their age, I mean, what, it's been like a year or so. So they're like, I mean, these, they're over 80, <laughs> you know, and 80 years old, they decide we're going to start this business because you know what? You got to listen to what people are saying. When people are saying about you, like, there's, wow, there's purpose in that, you know, and we can't just dismiss everything. Now we can't grab a hold of everything, but there are some voices speaking we can trust. And that's a part of our purpose. So you have to be willing to listen to other people. So if you're one of those people who's saying, I really want to know what my purpose is. I don't care if you are that seventh grader only. And I don't care if you are, you know, well up in age, wherever you fall into that. I believe that these three things, that's why I wrote the book. That's why I put it in the book. There's a lot in this book. But that's why I have a chapter called Discover Your Purpose, because there's no point in talking about pushing your way to purpose if you don't can't discover what that is. And again, number one, number one is recognizing the Lord, recognizing that you are his, wanting a heart that honors him, worships him. And once you understand that he is your number one purpose, that you are called to him first and foremost, then now he can begin to unfold for you what his plan and purpose uh, are for your life, okay? And so I wrote the book because I truly believe that, that number one, um, after you recognize the Lord, of course, number one is to ask yourself, what do I love? Those passions are there for a purpose, okay? Number two, what do I hate? That strong feeling is there for a purpose very often and very often. Yes. And number three, what am I hearing other people speaking over my life? And and these are trusted voices I'm talking about. Okay. Or repeated voices, you know, that you're hearing. It's like, I got to give this some thought. I've got to consider this, you know, so important. And um, like I said, this was just, you know, purpose is something that has consumed me for, for quite some time, destiny and purpose and all that. But I just kind of got stirred up again when I heard that interview, uh, Rudy Giuliani with, um, with Governor Palin and, and just talking about that. And very often people who are Christians will sort of just kind of think that they got to sit back. But she, she says, of course, you know, that you're, as you're in movement, you know, as you're in movement, God is able to direct you as you move forward, right? And so um, we've got to have that mindset. We're not just sitting back waiting for better days. We are going to use our purpose to impact because we need impact in this culture. We need people who know who they are, who know who they are in Christ and who are willing to look at those clues and those signs and they know their purpose. And then we need people who know their purpose to actually do it. Because I have no doubt that there are people you know that you've been purposed, but you're not doing anything about it. And that's not good. We have limited time here on this earth. I know we'd like to think that we're just going to be here all forever, forever. Time is, time goes so fast, you know. And I'm realizing that more and more time goes really, really fast. And I want to spend my time living out my purpose. Number one, my purpose to worship and honor God. And number two, what stems from that? 
I want to be engaged in what stems for, from that. And yes, my part matters. Your part absolutely matters. So if you're one of those people and I've experienced people when I, like I said, I've done workshops on this and, and, um, and obviously people have read my book and I know, and I've, I've spoken on the topic of subject uh, on the subject of purpose in various venues. I know that there are people who who sometimes are like, I heard everything you said, and I'm and I'm still clueless. You know what? Here, here's the deal. As long as you got the the most important part taken care of, you know that you're here to honor God. You walk with God. Don't be discouraged. He's going to direct you as you move forward, as you seek Him. He's going to direct you, and those other things will become will become clearer as you move forward. So there's there's no reason to be discouraged. There is no discouragement in the Lord. You know He's going to honor the cry of your heart to know, Lord, what is it that you have purposed me to do, and then we can be about doing that. And wow, we will make a difference on the face of this earth. You're not necessarily going to be president. You might. But you know what? (laughs) Everything matters when you're doing your purpose. Every part matters. And I'll just share this really quickly. I heard somebody say before, like some people are like, well, in the church, you know, I'm not the person up there speaking. I'm not the person up there doing the singing. And I'm not, you know, and you know, you might be the person who just loves things neat and clean. You might be the person who's, who's, who's vacuuming the church. You might be the person who's cleaning the toilets and somebody comes in, you know, and because the church looks so good, it's so clean, it's so organized, the bathroom looks so bright that they continue to come, they stay and their lives get radically changed by God because the person who we don't tend to look at did her part, fulfilled her her purpose. Never underestimate what you're doing. God is in it when you are walking with him. So I'm just going to leave you with that. Purpose is absolutely important. Remember what I said, hey, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say you can purchase my book, um, Push Your Way to Purpose, How to Get From Where You Are to Where You're Meant to Be by Adrian Ross. You can find it on barnesandnoble.com. You can find it on amazon.com. Go grab it. There are there's, there are many, many uh, very, uh, good topics in this book and push your way to purpose. If it was so easy all the time, you wouldn't have to push. You'll know what I'm talking about when you get the book. So push your way to purpose. Go check it out. And thank you so much for tuning in to this different, I guess, episode of the Adrian Ross Show. Share with someone. And again, go to adrianross.substack.com. I have an online column. It was adrianrosscolumn.com, but now I've moved over to Substack, a platform. The podcast is there on Substack. Uh, The um, articles, the columns are there on Substack. I can do so much on Substack so you can subscribe. There are various subscription options. You can subscribe um, 
monthly subscription paid. You could get the annual subscription paid. There's also a free subscription and there's a gold subscription. So go to adrianross.substack.com and check out what those are. And I really encourage you, you get the pre uh, the premium content when you become a paid um, subscriber. It's only $5 a month if you go monthly and only $50 a year. And it will enable me to continue to bring you great content. So I'm looking for some people who will stand with me for $5 a month. Surely the content I bring you is worth $5 a month to you. But like I said, there are various subscription options. All right, I'd appreciate your support. So thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to go to the bmgnetwork.com. Check out the other podcasters there. We are engaging, enlightening, informative, and even entertaining. All right, so I will catch you on the next episode of the Adrian Ross Show. Why? Because I'm committed to fulfilling my purpose. God bless you abundantly.